the look, you're you're a sci- scientist uh, at heart, which means all scientists have a hypothesis. Um, what's your leading hypothesis then? Is this more of a China's covering up when they found the virus, or or China's panic that it was something they were studying and it leaked out? What what's the what's the more like more likely scenario? You know, uh, Chuck, I. I don't want to get into that because, you know, lately everything I say gets taken out of context, not by you, but by others. I mean, I, I think, yeah, yeah it, it, it's it's a tough one. Um, what could certainly have happened is that there was disease in China that, you know, when viruses start to infect humans, they often have to adapt better. So there could have been infection going on there for a while that was undetected. And then when it adapted itself well, starting to make really very clinically apparent disease, they started to recognize that. And then they started to study it. The answer is, Chuck, I don't know what went on there. I don't. Well, that's him. That's the villain of the piece. Dr. Fauci, once again, national television talking out of his bottom. (laughs) And squeaking out of his bottom, apparently. Welcome to another episode of The National Pulse. It's Thursday, June the 10th, the year of our Lord 2021. Broadcasting from Capitol Hill, it's too hot why did they put the nation's capital where it's too hot? Uh, actually, I, I am led to believe that that it was an intentional move designed to keep people away from politics on a 24-7, 365 days a year basis. If that is true, if the, if the founders intentionally placed the capital somewhere where people would not want to be, then it was a genius idea. It just didn't work. All right. Welcome to the program. Um, Got a special guest today, a surprise for you all. It's actually one of the National Pulse's members uh, from the National Pulse Artist Collective, as I like to call it. Uh, That is when you go to fundrealnews.com and you decide, hey, uh, Raheem and Natalie and the rest of the team, they're not going to get any funding from any big corporate sponsor, so I'm going to do it myself. That is what Mr. Tall Tim did. Mr. Tall Tim, welcome to the program. Tall Tim, do we have you, Tall Tim? Why, hello, Raheem? Oh, there you are, there you are, there you are. Did you hear any of the intro there? It was a bit uh, in and out there, so I can't say I heard it all, sorry. That's fine. I'm, this Now, Tall Tim, you almost, I think this is a problem for me because you have a better radio voice than I do. And I'm always told that I have, you know, these these dulcet British tones, but but yours are even better, I think. And and I, I want to maybe try and get you to do like a, you know, an intro for the podcast. You know, welcome to the National Pulse. Here's your host, oh Raheem Kassam. Can you hit us with something? Welcome to the National Pulse it's, with your host, Raheem Kassam. It's so good. You could make a lot of money in voiceover work. Um, Tim, we're, we're grateful to be joined by you. You, you know, you may not have heard the intro, but you, um, you know what I was playing there. We talked about it just before we, uh, we started the show today and that is Fauci, uh, again uh, on MSNBC this time with, uh, Chuck Todd yesterday 
And just, as I said, talking out of his bottom, he goes on to a national television uh, broadcast and he says, well, you know, of course, I don't like to give my opinion because it's always taken out of context. Why are you doing that then? What are you in the room for? Why did you agree Especially. to an interview if you, if, you, if you don't want to be taken out of context? Guess what? It's 2021. This is politics. Everything will be taken out of context by somebody. My side, your side, nobody's side, uh, you know, what the heck does Fauci think we are? Stupid? That we don't know what he's doing? What he's actually saying, Tim, is um, I don't want to answer that question because it implicates me, right? Precisely. And I think he realizes that there's this, you know, the walls closing in of liability because ultimately it's starting to point all in his direction. Why do you say that? Who Who is tall Tim and why is tall Tim saying that? I am someone who's had a extensive uh financial background i stay in touch with a lot of the news stories because it impacts what i do and there's a lot of things that are out there right now that are verifiable that make fauci uh well his persona in public is a lot different than what's coming out in the in these in these stories and so i'd say that he's just uh he's starting to sweat and it's it's happening and that's where that squeak came from to be honest now now which squeak might that be Oh, well, well, if I could, uh, I could cue that up for you. Yeah, oh, please do. Feel free anytime oh, to jump in with your, with your, <laughs> so Tim has an even better setup than I do. Um, and um, he's going to, he's going to, you've got to feel free to jump in with your clips, Tim. All right, fair enough. Well, here we go. We're queuing this up for uh, the, uh, during the interview uh, when he's trying to perplex himself, he's trying to think about something and there's this little nervous sound. Listen to this. It's, it's a tough one. Um, <laughs> now, I swear to God, I did not enhance that in any way. Come on, man. That is the actual clip. That is the clip. It is the clip. I heard it yesterday. I heard it for the first time when we were... I, I watched the interview in the day, and I noticed... I mean, Chuck Todd might as well have, have had his pants unzipped. He was so excited about Fauci joining him. <laughs> no, he, he, he's wriggling around in his seat. He can't sit still. You know, fanboy. Oh, yeah, you, you know, know what he's thinking. Um, and and Fauci, I, know, I, I noticed, was obviously squirming around on the questions, but it was live during the war room yesterday evening that I first heard the squeak and i thought to myself oh my goodness i have to i have to make m mention of this squeak Look, tim can you play that again just ladies and gentlemen of the audience bear in mind he's been asked a pretty softball question about his thoughts on the origin of the coronavirus and he's still in a softball interview with a left-wing broadcaster who worships at him at the feet like i say chuck todd's probably got his trousers unzipped under the table he still cannot formulate an answer and he ends up making this noise on national television what is this noise tim i i can't even describe it, but let's play it again it's it's a tough one um <laughs> i don't know i honestly <laughs> do not know where he he whimpers he whimpers yeah yeah it's a squeak and a whimper it's part of that cognitive dissonance that's kicking in you know can't yeah. vocalize that's it that's it. The, you know, the, sometimes the body will do things that that give the game away. It's it's body language, but it's also it's in this case it's it's language language in a way. I mean, I'm sure that's a language for somebody somewhere, but it's it's and and you know we've talked about Fauci now on this show and on the National Pulse website and on the War Room for for over a year. Uh, there are people out there who have been warning about Fauci for thirty years. I, I, I read, I was telling you this last night, Tim, you know, when I jumped into the live chat last night, um, 
on the Discord, ladies and gentlemen, we have a, we have a, a, a thing called the Lounge. And uh, is it every oh, yes, night, you guys? Is, do you go in there every night? Uh, you know, it depends on what I'm doing, but it's it's nice to uh, connect with people, and so I really do enjoy talking with people there. So it's just it's it's just a big you know group chat in the lounge of of patriots and 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 like-minded individuals supporters of the national pulse what i like to call the artist collective and every so often i'll jump in there i've been in there twice this week and i was telling you last night as well about this uh um where was i going with that (laughs) i I totally lost my train of thought there where was i going with that thought well we were we were launching off of the squeak so maybe it was we were launching squeak worthy. The squeak. It was something about the squeak. I've, I've just totally blanked. Totally blanked. You know what's it's happened? Right. I've just well, I've just done three conference calls between the war room and and, and coming on here with you, and uh, I also just signed forty more books for our members as well. This is now just turning into the longest advertorial for our membership oh, <laughs> possible. <laughs> we will stop talking about it now. Right after you go to fundrealnews.com. Actually, Tim, it's better in your voice. Well, you know. Uh... I would say, well, here's the thing. I kind of lost that last clip there, so I'm kind of uh, you, you off could, the you, off the balance, you, my you, friend. You got it. You got to say fundrealnews.com in your voice. Fundrealnews.com. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, it's great. Okay, so let's get back to Fauci here because we talked about him for so long now, right? And we've talked about him for 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 at least I feel like the last eighteen months. Ah, this is what I was telling you yesterday. The Larry Kramer. Um, letters right so there's one in the village voice that he published years and years ago this was during the hiv stuff and it was just scathing it was so scathing talked about fauci's incompetence talked about his fecklessness all of that but then somebody sent me another one recently and it's even worse it's even more uh uh, damning he calls him a murderer and Oh oh yeah i was reading this and i just couldn't believe it that 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 as after this guy died last year, after Larry Kramer died last year, you had Fauci going up on television saying, well, of course, we really loved one another. No, 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 you didn't. You hated one another. He especially hated you. He thought you were a total fraud. In fact, he outed you as a total fraud. I'll read some of this, right? Quote, you are responsible for all government-funded AIDS treatment research in the name of right. You make decisions that cost the lives of others. I call the decisions you are making acts of murder. Signed, Larry Kramer, you know, one of the uh, uh, LGBT HIV activists from back in the day, open letter to Dr. Anthony Fauci, dated San Francisco Examiner, June 26th, the year of our Lord, 1988. This man has to be the and he just shrugged it off yeah oh yeah oh yeah just shrugged it off oh i know you're, you feel that way or there was a caller he had uh, i remember seeing this clip online where you know they said you know you should resign and he just laughed about it you know and it just seems to be sort of a go-to somehow when uh they're trying to defend an indefensible position that you know oh, we're just gonna we're just gonna have a little humor we're gonna drop in a little laugh track there's a there's a there's another person who's who's pretty good at that as well, um, and that's that's Kamala Harris. Every time she is called, oh, yeah. every time she is asked a serious question about something, it's 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 just it cackle, 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 cackle. That we confront. Listen and to I this. promised Joe that I will give him that perspective and always be honest with him. And is that a socialist or progressive perspective? <laughs> no. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, the laughing queen. 
<laughs> Perfect. The Perfect. laughing queen. Yeah, she she is just you know she's awful like this. Every time she gets asked a tough question, it's cackle, cackle, cackle. And and Fauci started to kind of uh, do one of these things as well. Like you like you mentioned, he has this nervous thing. He gets criticized, and he just goes, <laughs> "Well, but, but yeah, Raheem, he he is science. See, so if you criticize him, as you rightly as you pointed out, you know you can't criticize science, Raheem." So let's let's go back to that clip that you mentioned. All right, let me let me play this for people. If you haven't heard this, this is from um, 2003, I believe. And and so you had the HIV/AIDS stuff and the Larry Kramer condemnations. You now have this one on 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 SARS, which is from from 2003. I'm going to play this. Um, let's roll. North Carolina. Good morning. Hi. Good morning, Dr. Fauci. Good morning, and, um, Pedro. Um, you've been at the NIH a pretty long time, and it seems to me that during your tenure, our ability to control infectious diseases hasn't improved, but in fact worsened. And even basic health tips such as you can't use antibiotics to treat viral infections has not been adequately communicated to the public because, for instance, people will come in demanding an antibiotic for a common cold which, or any other viral infection, which has certainly serve to um, create more resistant strains, not saying that this has anything to do with this particular SARS epidemic, but um, don't you think it's time that you step down and let someone else who has a more effective message? <laughs> Actually, no. <laughs> she wants to know if I want to step down because we're, we're getting too many resistant poor and high. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah, notice that drawn out bit there. Like, you know, when you laugh at something and slightly humorous, you don't draw it out, right? You just kind of, oh, yeah, that's, that's yeah, pretty whatever. good. And especially you're talking about something serious like that, right? You wouldn't, you wouldn't just draw that out. <laughs> yeah, Actually, no. <laughs> nervous camouflage. She, she wants to know if I'll resign. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, dude, what? he heard the question as well. You don't need to explain it to him. Um, yeah, he's a bad dude. He's a bad dude. So let's talk about, you know, what he's still doing in place. Tim, I mean, do you get the sense? I don't know how much of your life revolves around politics like mine does. Um, I want the audience to know, by the way, this is the first, like, one-on-one -on -one conversation Tim and I have ever had. Um, is that correct? Am I, is that correct, Tim? Yeah, that's yeah, that's right. You're yeah. a busy man. Yeah, as are you. And I want to I want to know, you know, for you, as a citizen of this country, as a stakeholder uh, in everything that's going on right now, uh, do you think Dr. Fauci is hanging by a thread? Or do you think, oh, I don't know, his old buddy Ron Klain might be protecting him? I believe that he is going to utilize every resource possible. And, and given that he's so well-connected, that, that's the unfortunate reality. We would all love to see him retire and pack his bags and maybe do a walk of shame. But it's just uh, at this point, I would say he's, he's going to utilize what he can, maybe do a lateral move somewhere, you know, nice and safe with his buddy somewhere. So Wait, that's, yeah, that's, that's interesting. So where do you think? Laterally, where could Fauci go? Well, any of the uh, health organizations that have helped him, uh, you know, promulgate his message as false as it is. So he may he may not retire, but he may be kind of pushed somewhere else. Little golden parachute, you know, oh, sure. uh, eminence grease position at the World Health Organization or something like that. Oh yeah, that would be perfect, perfect mm. uh, you know placement for him, mm. and he would he would love it there. They 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 do the same kind of spin that he does. Do you think that, I mean, you're getting a lot of chatter now about the, the Delta variant and all this stuff. Do you think that they are 
that the uh, I say they. We all know who I'm talking about. This is the right. this is the corporate global um, political media establishment. Did they are they creating? Are they confecting a new panic or trying to uh, in order to give Fauci uh, a renewed raison d'être? Uh, it it could be a combination of both, uh, both a smokescreen to possibly lend credence to the debunked uh, theory that it came from natural sources and or, you know, foment a little bit more of the fear factor so they can, you know, push along uh, whatever the agenda is for the day. I'm very glad you used the word debunked because because at this point in time, you know, the the natural theory, it may have lots of proponents, but it does not have any evidence. Right, I and, mean, and it falls on its face when you when you have you know. There's many experts that you've talked to, Ibrahim, and I know that you know when you're in your. I stay uh, away from experts. I prefer amateurs. Well, <laughs> well, it's just that uh, there's a lot of people that are you know more educated in the field than I am, and they they just say that it's it's exceedingly unlikely. Let's put it that way. Just being generous that it was a natural natural uh, crossover. You're telling me, tall Tim. Actually, Tim, Tim, how tall are you? I am over six four. I mean, I stopped counting after six four, so nearly <laughs> two meters tall. You, you know, we can't hang out. Oh well, you know, I, I was figuring, you know, if you sit on the Morton's Terrace, you know, you're, it's all equal. You know, we're kind of an equal playing field. You would be able to stand at ground level and see onto the terrace. You'd be the same well, height yeah, as me. Actually, that's a good point. Yeah, you could lift me up, give me a little little hand. I am five eight. We can't be friends. <laughs> you just well, make me look like a midget. There's well, many. You, just because you're a sub sixer, come on. <laughs> only, come on, Raheem. Only in, only in height. Um, anyway, <laughs> Tim, um, look, there's, there's, you're telling me that in a in a region of China where there are no bats and pangolins. Um, that this virus couldn't have come from a, a, a bat pangolin soup in a wet market? Well, no, only because <laughs> here's the thing. Uh, as you know, mm. uh, China has not been forthcoming in any, any, any capacity, right. even in reporting their deaths. They absolutely cleansed and completely sterilized wherever that market was and anything in between that and the lab. So, you know, if we were going to have an actual honest investigation into this, you'd have to have transparency, and we don't have it. Mm. But other than that, let's say even all that's there, okay? It's just the fact that, you know, the way the spike protein was manipulated, and that just does not happen in nature, or at least you would have an accelerated evolution for it to happen, and very unlikely. And, you know, that's, that's the understanding. And so it's just, no, not at all. You know, it's not from someone, you know, eating some random, you know, bush meat or something. Who's... who's um recitation of i am science was more compelling i know i know laura ingram did it last night i know tucker carlson did it last night but i thought mine was pretty good do you have that one to hand him oh oh, absolutely my god yeah here we go i am science that is what he's saying (laughs) i am science i am science see i think you gotta you gotta roar it a little bit right yeah, it's just, you know, you captured the moment. I think that was perfect. That was perfect. But this is what he did yesterday. I mean, he goes on television and he says, any criticism of me is criticism of science. So was it, was it Tim, so, was it criticism of science? Um, well, where, where have we heard this before? Okay, so when, when, the, when the question becomes uncomfortable, 
it's devolved into category, right? Mm -hmm. So you're questioning me. Oh, well, you're obviously saying that because I'm a white man. You're obviously mm. saying that because I'm, uh, you know, I'm Democrat. I'm this. Wait, you're saying and, that oh, he identifies as science? <laughs> well, I, I suppose because he, he's like, oh, I can't answer that question. I'm, I'm science. I'm science. Know, what are you talking about? Just, I'm science. Ridiculous. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Doctor Fauci, would you like a cup of coffee? What? what? I'm science. Yeah, you know, science doesn't drink coffee. <laughs> You're so right. He he identifies as science. He is delusional. Um, well, um, I think that's enough, Fauci, for now, don't you think? Oh, fair enough. Please. I'm just. I'm so. <laughs> I'm so done with this person. Like, oh, do you remember? I don't know if you listen to every podcast, Tim, but do, do you remember me talking about the uh, the um, what do you call it? The, the 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 sign, the yard sign, the yard sign. See, we don't have those in England, so I don't know because. Firstly, we don't call them yards, we call them gardens. Um, but there's yard signs on Capitol Hill that say, thank you, Fauci. Do you remember me talking about this? It's okay if you uh, do. You know, I have a considerable backlog, and I love, your, I do love your podcast. I really do. This is I, a disgrace. A backlog, this is a disgrace. How dare you? How I'm dare, How dare I you? Science. I am podcasting. I, I am podcast. Um, there are all these signs around Capitol This has just evolved into nonsense. There's all these signs around Capitol Hill that um, say, thank you, Dr. Fauci, and they've got little love hearts on them. But I've started to notice that they've started to come down. And there's one in particular that's up on um, like Massachusetts Avenue. I'm going to go and find it, see if it's still there, because I think that will tell you everything you need to know. The, the weather vein of narcissism in this country is not in Los Angeles. It is on Capitol Hill. And if that thank you Fauci sign has been removed from, I mean, it's right opposite. It's on the catty corner or kitty corner or whatever you guys say of, um, we just call it diagonally across the street. Um, um, I guess catty corner, yeah. Yeah, um, from Mitch McConnell's house. But I want to find it. I want to see if it's still there because that will tell us everything we need to know. Tim, have you heard this? Have you heard this one? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play something here uh, right. if, it, uh, if it wants to load. And uh, I want to. I want. I want your take. If you have you heard this? Do not come. I'm gonna come. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I have. <laughs> I'm gonna play it again. Oh. Brilliant, brilliant memeing. Do not brilliant come. Memeing. Do not come. I'm gonna come. <laughs> you know. Well, it's nothing. Kamala's not used to hearing. Oops. Oh, uh, oh, oops, oops. Oh, my. I'm going to be deleted now. Um, let's talk about Kamala and her trip for a second. I want to get your uh, your thoughts on it. Uh, can, am I all right referring to you as, as the ordinary man? I'm not being an, if anything, it's a compliment. Oh, no, no. I have no problem being, uh, you know, completely sane and normal. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we're both, we, we are both ordinary men. Um, except you are <laughs> you are six four and a half, and I am uh, five four or something now. I just feel oh, smaller every time. It's fine. Come on, we'll be friends. No, I don't want to be friends now. I'm scared. Oh, um, <laughs> let's talk about this trip to Guatemala, right? I mean, this is the this is the root causes trip. Uh, she's gone there to make a point that uh, you know mass migration and open borders and all the problems that come with it are nothing to do with uh, cartels and gang members and, and and citizenship and the very idea of contributing to the nation that you wish to be a part of. It's nothing to do with anchor babies. It's nothing to do with infrastructure support. It's nothing to do with um, economics or anything like that. What it's got to do with Tim is hurricanes in Guatemala. 
And that's really what she needs. You know, she, as I've said before, is a storm chaser. She chased that storm right down there to Guatemala. But here's the thing. Even the establishment media is not having it. You look at the way Lester Holt's treating her. You look at the way the question she was asked yesterday is like, hey, what the heck are you doing about the border? And why won't you go to the border? And she goes, I'm I'm in Guatemala. So I think <laughs> you should take questions uh, about Guatemala. <laughs> She's cringe. She's honestly, hyper cringe. I think she was forced forced somehow by her team whoever to actually go down to make the trip i think it was left to her she wouldn't have gone because just in her mind it's about it's all about kamala it's kamala world and anything outside of it is not going to intrude unless she allows it if it was left to her do you think she'd ever do any work uh honestly no she does like to bask she basks a lot she's she's a glory basker but she doesn't actually like to roll her sleeves up very often and that's a, I think that's a accurate characterization, really, honestly. Let's talk about another one of these glory baskers that is actually coming under fire a lot at the moment, and that's Ilhan Omar. Now, obviously, long, long-term long squad member, um, Ilhan right. Omar has really, really stood out in recent weeks, especially amongst the um, foreign policy, national security crowd, you know, conflating the Taliban with the Israeli Defense Forces, uh, conflating uh, Hamas with, with uh, you know, the Israeli government. And even her own colleagues, I think seven or eight of them signed this letter uh, yesterday, landed overnight, I think, um, saying like, hey, you need to, you need to, to pack it in. You, you, that's not a moral equivalent. You can't do that. We won't stand for that. Democrats signed this letter, publicly released this letter oh to Ilhan Omar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and, she's overstepped her bounds that far. Oh, yeah. And it's starting to really kick off. She responded to them. Guess how? Guess what she charged them with in response? I mean, I, you know, there's no prizes Let for guessing guess. this one. Identity and some kind of you know gender thing in there she wrote i'm gonna do i'm gonna do her accent because you know i do all of them i do fauci i do ilhan omar i'm not like no, it's not a racist thing i just i just like to impersonate people so here's here's ilhan omar's tweet from 1 a.m last night it's shameful for colleagues who called me i oh, know i'm not very good at it <laughs> you know she's got this really weird accent that goes in and out though uh, she goes it's shameful for colleagues who call me when they need my support to now put out a statement asking for clarification and not just call the islamophobic tropes in this statement are offensive that's a good offensive that's what she says there we go um, the constant harassment and silencing from the signers of this letter is unbearable. So she's just accused her own colleagues of Islamophobia, harassment, and being unbearable. All, all in one sentence. Yeah, you gotta, you, you gotta respect it. I mean, that's a throwdown. It's part of the ideology. I think it's just it's about the feelings, and once you get close to something that's true. Yep. They can't admit that they're wrong. So being wrong translates into I'm hurt, I'm offended. Mm-hmm. And it gets attached to whatever's convenient. And of course, you know, she has plenty of things to pick from in the bag. So she picked those. And it's just, uh, I've seen that defense before in other people. And it's just kind of sad, honestly. Well, I don't- she hates America so much. Why is she still here? Yeah, I mean, I don't expect that much of her. Um... Oh, wait, hold on. 
I've literally just breaking news right now on my feed. Ben Jacobs, formerly of The Guardian, um, just tweeted a statement. Let's see. This is Pelosi, Steny Hoyer. This is real time, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, and Tim. Um, Speaker Nancy Pelosi, Majority Leader Steny Hoyer, Majority Whip James Clyburn, Assistant Speaker Catherine Clark, Caucus Chairman Hakeem Jeffries, Caucus Vice Chair Pete Aguilar issued this joint statement addressing comments made by Congresswoman Ilhan Omar. Quote, Legitimate criticism of the policies of both the United States and Israel is protected by the values of free speech and democratic debate, and indeed such criticism is essential to the strength and health of our democracies. But drawing false equivalencies between democracies like the US and Israel and groups that engage in terrorism like Hamas and the Taliban foments prejudice and undermines progress toward a future of peace and security for all. We welcome the clarification by Congresswoman Omar that there is no moral equivalency between the U.S. and Israel and Hamas and the Taliban. The tide just went out, Raheem. The tide just went out. That, oh my goodness. I never thought I could applaud Nancy Pelosi for anything, but that is... That's that's a breath of fresh air from her direction. I'm very (laughs) very surprised, but... That's rough. Imagine reading that, being Elon Omar and thinking to yourself, I'm the golden girl. You know, I'm in the squad. Everybody loves me. I can do whatever I want. You know, America and Israel are like terrorist uh, yeah. entities. But you know, prediction, prediction, because, you know, whenever they overstep their bounds and do something like this, now I would, I would, say, I would say not humble, contrite response. I'd say more on the end, more on the end of like doubling down, because that's what I usually see. Well, the so question is, are any of her like squad members going to come to her, going to ride to her rescue on this? Oh, exactly. And you know? that's what it is. They, they form that unit and they just, you know, oh, this is obviously this, this, and this. It's because I'm, you know, it's, it's you know, Islamophobic and all the rest of the labels. And, that, and that's, the, that's the go-to. Pretty, pretty, uh, pretty harsh statement though from her from her own colleagues. Uh, this I, I gotta just, say that's a rebuke. That is rebuke. one hell of a rebuke. It's a rebuke. That's a good word for it. It's a rebuke. Um, so yeah, you've got this infighting now that's going on. Uh, what what an amazing but by pure. Tra- it's not like I googled or or searched or Twitter searched Ilhan Omar to get that statement. It literally popped up as we were talking. How um, appropriate. Yeah. What, a, what a moment for it. I, I want people to understand as well that I, I don't think the right should even try and intervene in this, right? I think, I think people should just keep their mouths shut, let the Democrats have this war internally, because the second they, they, they sniff that the right is excited about this, you know, and somebody's probably going to Tucker or, or Laura Ingram's probably going to do it tonight, and then it'll kill off the whole thing because then they'll be like, "Oh, wait a minute, guys, we, we're not presenting a united front," which the left is usually very good at. No, exactly right, and it's these moments where you really see the true nature of things uh, when they go after each other. Do you, know, just, you know? Do you know Ilhan Omar's pedigree? I, I, you know, I don't think I know it entirely. I have, uh, I do know that she was an immigrant and she was given a chance in this country against all odds i think she was a refugee or an asylum seeker or something like that um, yeah i believe that. um but i i i've done a lot of research around her and her background and I, I, this may not be true but she's never you know i've asked i've asked her in her office many times i've tweeted this at her i've, I've sent them messages i've tried to clarify like what exactly is going on here but as far as i can tell i've just i've sort of pieced a, a bunch of different um profile pieces of when she first came on the scene together and and i believe that 
she her family wasn't the ones being persecuted. Her family were the ones doing the persecuting in Somalia. Um, they were they were deposed. The her her family members were uh, bureaucrats within the, the within the bar regime in Somalia, which was an Islamo-Marxist regime. It was oh it was tyrannical. It was authoritarian, and it was it was murderous. And when the regime fell to the people, her family fled, but they didn't flee like like. <laughs> they didn't flee in advance of that. They weren't fleeing the regime. They were the regime, and they fled so, as a result. To, I am to avoid, the regime. Yeah, she is the go. regime, but she. A... But they fled to flee justice. And that and that is so highly erotic that you know. Okay, so they were the cause of the cause of their immigration, and that's that's just incredible. I, well, I didn't know that whole story. Well, I mean, you know, there was anybody ever held to account? Were there were there trials? Was there international criminal court proceedings? I'm not saying that Ilan Omar did it herself. She was. I don't even know if she was born back then, but it oh, was her enough. family. Yeah. You know, is was anybody held to account for for that? And and why does she never talk about it? That's what's really interesting to me. If she has all this experience with oppression in Somalia, she she uses those words, but then she'll never give any detail. So why we why do we not hear detail of like her family's experiences and thing? And honestly, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong, and I'm happy to be corrected. But my my. My gut is telling me, my my analytical instinct is telling me that that it's because she, her family were the oppressors. And you know that's that's a target that if she's that sensitive to even you know even dropping it in in the in little conversations and speeches about her causes, then yeah, exactly. That makes you think, just makes you think like what's there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you know, allegedly, we don't. You know, I don't have the the proof and we see the proof um fantastic but i i do believe that uh you know it's sort of a running theme you know there's a lot of skeletons in the closet and when you get close to it you know they either start squeaking or uh or other or other nervous reactions that you know just if you're talking to someone just face to face and someone did that you know those kinds of reactions to you you just (laughs) why am i dealing with this person you know you get this unease of why you you know why am i interacting with them you're so right. I mean, if you were if you were like shopping in a store and you were like you know trying to find a a, a, a specific kind of coffee you wanted and the and the shelves are bare and you go to the manager and you're like, hey, do you have any of this stuff? And and for whatever reason, like you know he has it in back, right? But he right. just looks at you and starts going. <laughs> uh, you would just be like, excuse me, like what are, what are we doing yeah, here, like? Was it something I said? You know, why are you a psycho? But for yeah, some reason, we allow en- this. It doesn't engender trust of any kind. It doesn't. It doesn't. Tim, um, I got to wrap up on this pretty soon because I have to hit the road. I'm going down to Charleston for a wedding this weekend, and I got to hit the road early. To, to oh, fantastic! Nice. Because traffic's back in DC, so I wanna, I wanna, I wanna peace out before uh, before rush hour. Um, but let me ask you this: anything you want to talk about? We got like, I mean, I can do another like ten minutes here, and I know, I know, you recently left the swamp. I would quite like your uh, your story on that. Well, honestly, it's a. I will say I was galvanized by events in DC because you know you're surrounded by politics 24/7. When did you leave? Say again. When did you leave? Uh, back in 
like mid-October. So pretty recent. How long did you live here? Uh, roughly about 10 years. And where did you grow up? I grew up on the other side of the river in uh, uh, Virginia. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So this is, this is home, right? Like this, this has been and was home. Uh, yeah, I've been to other places in the country, but it's, it's a locus point for me, yes. Um, so it's a pretty big decision to, to, to up and leave. Now, so was this, you know, the BLM riots and, and all of that? Well, tell me what it was. Uh, it was a combination of that and just, you know, there's general, uh, I could just tell the trajectory of how things were going. Uh, and after the whole uh, pandemic issue and send all the emergency orders and everything, like the whole city shut down. There was, it was very drastic, and I know you know about this. You were there. Uh, it just became some place for me that uh, it wasn't. It just wasn't alive anymore. Even though people are still coming around and so going right where they're going that. and everything else, it was just that trajectory of everyone so willing and so concentrated on telling other people exactly how they should behave. You know, for for. For frankly, for a disease that's uh, you know largely survivable, that honestly that overreaction just put me off, and then all the uh, all the, the riots and everyone marching and everything, and the lenience towards it oh, by the, the mayor, encouragement of it, absolutely, and encouraged. Yeah, you know, pave over everything. Let's paint large letters. You know, let's uh, you know, the, <laughs> let's have you know all the the plywood up and everything. So just the incremental just kind of takeover. By, by these, you know, disaffected groups. And, you know, don't get me wrong. I think people have the right to, you have the right to protest. But, you know, when it starts, when you start breaking things and you start harassing people and you're doing other things like that, you know, that's, you know, peaceful protest is protected. I don't think other kinds sure. are protected. It's, sure. it's not, you cross the line, you cross the line. What was your so favorite me, um, DC restaurant? Ooh. I would have to say, honestly, I would say Rare Steakhouse. And your favorite DC bar? Favorite bar? I would have to say the Crown and Crow. I don't even know that. On the very last bit of it, I was there for quite a bit. But uh, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's an interesting place. Yeah, yeah. And, and unfortunately, I, you know. So one of the interesting things is that for me, I, I fell in love with DC the first time I ever came here. I just thought, you know, I, I remember being, I, I got picked up from Dallas and, uh, okay, that was a bit of a lie. The first time I came here as an adult, I, I visited <laughs> once as a child, but that doesn't count because I barely have any memories. Um, although I am getting married like a block and a half away from where I bought an FBI sweatshirt from one of those trucks on the corner on 17th Street. Um <laughs> But um, that was when I was a child. When I was an adult, I got picked up at Dulles. We drove, we got driven in, and we drove over whatever is the bridge that comes over into Georgetown, right? And I just thought oh, to that's myself, the Francis Scott Key Bridge. I yeah. love that bridge. And I just thought, wow, this is cool. This is super cool. Look at these beautiful, this beautiful bridge, beautiful lights. You know, this this sort of European architecture coming up in front of me. Um, we drove through Georgetown. We went up a little bit. Went up to Adams Morgan, and that was we, we checked into the Marriott Wardman up there in in Wardman Park. Um, 
and that was where CPAC used to be, right? And we walked around, we had like a great time, went to Adams Morgan a couple of nights, went to hit up a few restaurants, went downtown, had lunch at the old Ebbett Grill. Um, oh, fantastic. Yeah, yeah, saw the sights. And I just thought, my goodness, this is the place. This is the place to be. It's the place to live. It's not too busy. It's not too big a city. It's got, you know, restaurants and bars. And, you know, back then, I was, you know, very, very um, taken with with American girls and 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 so on and so forth. And and then I look at it now, and I look outside now, and everything is just, you know, the streets. There's potholes everywhere. Mayor oh, Bowser God. has no inclination to fix anything like that. Um, you know, they're building horrible glass and steel buildings all over the place. The skyline looks like trash. You could be in any city in the world now. There's almost nothing nothing left. You know, bar of the monuments, there's almost nothing left um, that, that DC used to have for itself that, it, that is in and of itself. And of course now, like, the restaurant scene is so vibrant and the bar scene is so vibrant. But then you have to contend with the idea that, hey, I might be sitting outside having dinner and and thirty BLM protesters might start screaming and spitting in my face. Entirely, I yeah, just entirely don't want to possible, do that. Yeah. Entirely, I don't want to so do like, it. So, what happens when a city turns into a place where you don't have the the amenities that you wanted, right? And it's just you know, it's just honestly a collection of alleyways and shuttered shops. <laughs> so, yeah. what, are you, yeah. what are you supposed to do? That's it. That's it. Tim, it's been an absolute pleasure. I thank you for joining me here today. Um, may I ask you one last question? Sure. Um, why did you join up as a member for the National Pulse? I joined because I believe in supporting actual journalism, investigative journalism, and to meet up with people that have similar interests in are quite cool and there's a great group over there we are planning our national pulse members christmas party as well um so if that gives any oh, of you an incentive to join can we hang oh, out yes. in person we'll probably do it somewhere in a free state like florida tim have you anything to plug where can people follow you or anything like that i, I don't have any social media coordinates because i just like doing what i do but just check out national pulse and that's that's my plug Thank you, Tim. Thank you. It's been an absolute pleasure. Ladies and gentlemen, I'll be back next week with more. And we'll do more news. We've got more breaking over the weekend as well. I want to thank some of our brand new members who have joined up today. Rita, Cheryl, Julie, Susie, Chad, Amy, Sue, Joseph, John, Ronald, Pam, Maureen, Bridget, Daniel, Cheryl. We get two Cheryls. Um, Robert, Joe, Didi, Denise, Brian, lots of ladies. Jason, Randall, Stephen, Mary Jean, Mary Jean, Michiko, Stephanie, Frank, John, Andy, Richard, Paul, Michael, Sean, Peter, Glenn, Chad, Jenny, Sally, James, Ian, and the list goes on and on and on. I want to say a great big thank you to all of you out there who support our work. We are working hard, non-stop, around the clock, more than you could possibly imagine, to bring you the real news, to bring you real investigations. Bless Natalie Winters is, is up till all hours of the night, going through documents after documents, receipts after receipts. We'll see you with more breaking next week. <laughs>